Well, hello, and I'm excited to be here. This is The Point. I am Jeff Spikes, your host, and it's a great, it's an absolutely phenomenal day to be recording a podcast and bringing this information to you guys. I, I'm I'm overwhelmed by the, res, by the responses I've been getting. Uh, thank you for all of the feedback and the comments, um, the, some of the special, some of the personal messages you've been sending me in social media. I, I really appreciate everything that you're saying. I'm going to be bringing a three-part series here, and we're going to start with motivation, and then we're going to move into the next week. We're going to move into this idea that just because you don't believe something doesn't make it not true, and then we're going to go into the next week as in into just because it is just because you do believe it doesn't make it true. And those, those may seem like the same thing, and they kind of are, but that entire thing's going to be a part one and part two, and it is, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. We're going to talk about how 200-plus years ago, we're going, to we're going to take this really big-picture view and look at what's happened over the, over the years in regards to the belief we have about and some of the changes that have made about um, some of the unexplainable things that happen. And um, the reason we're starting this entire segment with motivation is because motivation is key, a key element to a lot of the things that we do. And motivation is key element to what our belief systems are, and it all intertwines. And the reason I say that is because motivation is not something that anyone can long-term do for you. And motivation is really not the key. I, I did a Facebook Live and a Zoom with the, with the group, with the Grateful and Fit Now clients. And oh, I, I, whatever, earlier this week, I forget the day. And one of the conversations, I guess that was last week. Is it already May? Are we into May? <laughs> it just started. But, wow. It's, um, it's amazing how time, how time just moves. But, so the idea of motivation that we were talking about, really this idea that motivation is a symptom or a lack of motivation maybe is a symptom and that motivation is... A result of something it's not the thing it's not the thing right so I can go to somewhere and become motivated by external circumstances and external things and that can be awesome uh, I can be I used I, I used to love motivational speakers I still do um, <clears throat> you know now with the with the, uh, everyone sharing so much information I'm not always listening to so much uh, motivation as I am listening to information or things that help tune me up in areas and Kind of help me tweak areas that I that I want to uh, shore up in my daily routine, or in I want to learn something about a certain topic. So it's a little different. But I used to love listening to motivational speakers, and the the best ones like Les Brown. Um, I would get two to three days of feeling super motivated from, and the not the less good ones were you know the less motivating for me, not good or bad motivators, just for me being in the mode or mood or moment of what I needed to hear. It just wasn't quite what I needed, and so it would last a day, half a day. And that's great that we can become motivated from external, but it's not everything. And what really happens is we change 
some of the filters of how we're looking at things and we change our beliefs and we really consider what we're valuing in different behaviors and then through certain tactics or behaviors that we go through that we practice on a regular basis we create a motivation and one of the first things that needs to happen when we're dealing with motivation one of the most important things that we can do is that we can turn our focus and our attention towards regular behaviors and have a conversation with ourselves if we hear our mind say oh I don't want to do that today that I I I I don't know if I can make time. I, I'm not sure, you know, so uh, we take down the daily practice in designing your strengths. There's practice that we go through when we're designing. And we're taking data that we found in our, in our process and we're considering ways to achieve a goal. We're considering actions, behaviors, thought processes, beliefs, and things that we might tell ourselves and, and buy-in we might get from others. We're considering this large picture of all the resources we might have available, internal and external, to aim the best of ourselves towards a goal. And we pick short-term goals that we're, super, that we're passionate about because those are the easiest flowing things so that we can really focus on the design process, not the motivation process. So when we pick something that we're super passionate about, it's easier to design because we're excited we're passionate and not only that it becomes fun this this has a lot of ancillary benefits because we start understanding more how we feel when we reward ourselves because when we're passionate about something we love it and rewards aren't all about buying ourselves a new pair of shoes that can be part of it sometimes rewards are about having an ice cream with your grandson or going on a walk you're taking time off to spend time with your kids or your spouse and holding hands in the right time it's whatever our unconscious mind wants so that when when I tell my when I have these conversations like no I'm going to the gym my self-talk and I've shared this repeatedly my self-talk is, is that I'm doing this to love myself I'm doing this as a demonstration of love for myself this is me taking care of me and when I get stronger when I'm in when I'm training and I get stronger and am more prepared for what I need to do in life People I know and love get stronger too. So that's a, and I, I shorten it, I do whatever I need to, but that's the, the part of the key of what I'm saying to myself and how I'm talking to myself as I go and do training. If we come down into the practice of meditation and visualizing a goal, I, man, I, I get a phone call from someone on the East Coast that I need to work with on something or. Uh, one, of, one of my team members calls and they really need my help tweaking whatever and, and we're, or we're going over content or a specific type of um, copywriting or ad or um, whatever, bank calls. It doesn't matter. There's, it's easy to say, oh, I got this. I don't know if I have the time to take the 20 minutes. So what we do as far as motivation is we break down into some consistency and in the first couple weeks of doing it or a couple days or whatever, it's really important that we just tell ourselves, no, we're doing this. We said we're doing this and we're doing this. So we might do it for half the time because it really is a consideration and there's a discussion going on within ourselves, but we still do it. There's something about being consistently and being consistent on always doing it. I work with some clients where 
if nothing else, to clear this and to start developing some new neural pathways that we take time to consider what the minimal investment should be so that at least that is done every day. If I'm struggling to get something done and I got a 20 minute time window on it that I want to do it every day, what's the minimum I can do and still check the box? Is it five minutes? Is it four minutes? Whatever it is, it, it doesn't, it, it could be one minute. It doesn't matter. The time frame is not the important thing. The important part of that is that you tell yourself that that is the time you can guarantee yourself that you will get it done every day or on the schedule you've selected. And in the beginning, it's really good to have some some rigidity there because if I say I'm doing it Wednesday, I'm doing it Wednesday. But in down the road, you might be able to say, well, I'm, I'm going to do four day a week in this process and five days a week in this and seven days a week in this. And the, the, any process that you're doing only a certain cert, few times during the week, then maybe you have some flexibility to do Tuesday on Wednesday or Wednesday on Tuesday, but you don't want to mix it up too much. <clears throat> Even then you just want, cause you want to get into a flow and a rhythm and you want it to become automated. You want to get into a system and a cycle that's automated. Now, if it's a weekly thing that you do, it takes, it, it's, it's, it takes a little bit different amount of time to anchor that and then allow it to become a uh, uh, automation rather than just another task or a habit. So that's going into some other topics, but let's go back to motivation really quickly. The motivation gets kicked off at first with guaranteeing myself that I will get it done on a daily basis. So let's get go into this process of designing our strengths again and talk about sitting down and visualizing the goal. So we're gonna do a, med do a short meditation to get ourselves in this, in this zone where we're in somewhat of a, of a where we're open and receptive. I, I talk a lot and I help clients consistently practice and when we have very specific ways of helping people practice gratitude in a way that first of all, they're using it appropriately. They're not using it to bypass or work around things. They're using it very honestly with a look in the mirror and really clearly as far as what we are grateful for and what we're going to be grateful for as we accomplish things. So gratitude can really be utilized. And then we try and engage other senses with it. So we, we start there. We can use gratitude in that first box of meditation or we can use transcendental meditation. There's a handful of things we can do there. But the point is we get ourselves into this receptive open state. Then we start looking at what it is that we want to accomplish and we picture ourselves in that accomplishment beyond that accomplishment and we think about what we're going to feel like once accomplished a week, a month, six months beyond the accomplishment and we think about, we allow our brains to move with us and to begin to consider what are the different what are the differences in my life when that's accomplished? Will I have a different way of discussing things with my staff? Will I have a different sequence or timing of how I want to operate and talk about things with staff? Um, or is there a new schedule with travel? Or is, am I going to eat differently? Am I going to go first class? Am I going to do private jets? Um, what is, am I going to upgrade to when I when I do that? Um, what level of hotel will I stay in when I travel? So that's all travel related, but it's very relevant. 
and we start really picturing ourselves having accomplished things and that's that visualization so how do we stay motivated to do that well one of the first things that we do is we get excited about the thought right it's about it's about working in our emotional state to be there and we if we don't spend the time long enough to benefit from it and which where that come that's where it comes in as far as you know I'm going to do this every day if we don't create that consistent regular pattern it's less difficult to get the motivation what happens is the motivation comes as a result of doing it on a regular basis and beginning to feel differently and therefore wanting to feel that feeling over and over and continuing to do what we're doing in order to do that so when we discuss what's happening in the visualization process one of the things that we can do is do it regularly if we're not able to find the emotion that we really want to find then we can go into photographs we can go into pictures we can go visit places but you know if it if it's a type of restaurant that that really gets you going go visit that restaurant Maybe, maybe just even go to the restaurant. I've gone to restaurants before and said, you know what, I really want to eat here. Could I, you know, I go there in the middle of the day or something. I really want to eat dinner here one night and I want to pick the perfect table and I'd like to set something up in advance. I don't, I don't it's not going to happen for a few months, but I'm here to kind of visualize what it's going to look like. It's a reward I'm giving myself or it's a reward, a reward I'm doing with my friend or my team or whatever. And I, most of the people in the, in the awesome places I go for, for, fancy restaurants and really amazing food is they're very open to that and they understand that so going there and seeing what it's all about is a part of that um first time i got on an airplane and it had the lay down seats i wanted to go up front and i wanted to see what that looked like and you know they didn't have a problem with that i got to do that it um and I've, I've laid in those seats and slept in those seats flying. And they're, they're amazing, right? But so what is going to motivate us? Trying to find motivation isn't going to happen if we just try and find motivation. That's called willpower. And willpower lasts a certain amount of time. So what we want to do is we want to use our willpower consistently, specifically, intentionally, so that we can have the behaviors, create the excitement, feel the results, and then we start feeling motivated. And we start, we all, it's almost like one of those things where all of a sudden we look back and we go, oh, I don't have this problem of not wanting to do it anymore. Or, oh, I've done this six, seven, eight, nine, twelve days in a row, and I just realized I haven't missed a beat, and it's been consistent, and I'm feeling great. Imagine having some different weird feeling that you might think is anxiety and what you're really experiencing is an entirely new peace of mind and your whole you're just not quite sure how to deal with it because you dropped some drama dramatic behaviors or some things that just kind of naturally dropped some behaviors that cause drama and it's a it's a it's wild sometimes to feel uncomfortable and then realize wow i'm feeling uncomfortable because i have a different level of serenity in my life right now i'm feeling calm i'm feeling peace i'm not sure what to do with that <laughs> you know it's um so imagine that whatever it is we imagine it. we imagine really what we want now 
if I want to go drive, I, I really want a 1965 Corvette. That's just, or Corvette or Mustang. And I, I just, that's what I want. And it's harder to go drive those, right? Because they're collector's items and the ones I want are going to be really nice. I might want a restoration project, but probably not. I just want to buy one that I can have and drive. I really just want to have something that's as old as I am that is in such good condition that I can always try and match that condition and always, and I can say, look, you know, age ain't nothing. Um, and that's a, that's just a, something that's fun to me. It sounds like a fun idea and a good idea. And then I can take it out and drive it and have fun with it. But really, if I really, really, really want to think about what I really want, what I'd rather have is something I can drive every day that I feel phenomenal in. That's a novelty. Now, how did I find that out? I found that out by visualizing. And I wasn't tapping into the feelings and it wasn't motivating me. It was fun. It was kind of a neat story. It was all these things. But when it really came down to it, did I really want that? There was a part of me that wants that. But it didn't motivate me. It, I didn't, the result wasn't motivation. The result was ego. The result was, you know, I got to do some of that, which is great. But what really got me excited was thinking about buying an amazing ever like driver vehicle that I can drive and having one in two or three different states, maybe a different color in every state. I don't know. So that when I go there, I always have the same vehicle and it's done. Now that started getting me excited. So what gets you excited and then what you can talk about, think about, go check out, taste, touch, feel, sit in, whatever that will actually excite you. I, I love driving. I love going places. I love motorcycles. I love, so if I can have something like that in all the places that I'd like to, that I, that I go for business or that I visit and that I'm working in a lot, then when I go there, I can, I can stay anywhere. I, I guess I could drive anything too, but to have my own vehicle there. And then I start thinking about, man, if I get a Lamborghini, if I, if I put a Lamborghini in each place, and I rent those, put those into a, to one of the systems where they're doing the high-end rents. Now, when I'm there, I can drive it. When I'm not, other people can drive it. Now, I might even have a small side hustle going on or some revenue source. Now, I don't know. When I get there and that's a re then that's something reasonable that I can do, that's what I'll do. I might start by having a different type of vehicle in everywhere, in every place. I got a friend of mine and I were talking about putting motorcycles. I'll put one in Florida. He's putting one here. And that way, when he's here, we're bo we both can ride. When, I, when I'm there, we both can ride, and we can do some really cool stuff riding, you know, riding our motorcycles. I could rent one, but it sounds like a lot of fun to buy one and have it, and that's you know, what I do when I'm there. So going back into this motivation piece, and we're going to cut this short because I want this to be crisp, clear, and understood that stop worrying about and trying to figure out what's up with motivation and why you don't have any. And let's start, let, DM me, call me, get into designing your strengths. This stuff comes clear in designing your strengths. If you're having a hard time feeling motivated, designing your strengths is an answer. When we do this, we are taking, and, and don't just buy the book, use the book, buy the book, get the upgrade and the upsell and run with it. The upsell right now is is a ridiculous price. People are crazy not to do it. But 
really take advantage of this because this is where you're going to find the motivation. You're going to, in the process of designing your strengths, you will end up finding motivation. And what happens is when, again, I'm just going to go back through this. When you think about what you're passionate about, think about the most effective parts of who you are and really dial in and practice and utilize the different parts of ourselves on a consistent, regular, regular basis. When we aim whatever our gift is, whatever our giftings are, and then experiment with aiming that differently, we learn about ourselves. And because we're working in areas of what we're passionate about, we start getting excited and feeling motivated. And then we get to learn, oh, what was it that got me feeling that way? One of the most pro profound things I ever found, I had a mentor about 25 years ago, and we were he, he wanted, there was a couple things he wanted. He wanted a house in another state. And I'm talking, we're talking about like a, 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 a mansion, a beautiful home. And he wanted a diesel pusher style RV, like a Prevo motor coach, or uh, there was another type that he was really interested in as well. But he wanted a significant motor coach. He wanted a barbecue that pulled out of the side of it. And he wanted, um, couple other things that he it was very intricate he didn't need all the space for luggage so all those areas could become these modular things that would push out and push back in so then both homes needed to have a bus barn so that he could park it there because he wanted to drive in between the homes and then he wanted to also have a driver driving the motor coach so sometimes he wanted to drive it sometimes he wanted someone else to drive it and he just wanted to be taken to events and done going to places that he needed to be and one of the biggest challenges he had was when he accomplished the goal, what then was going to keep him motivated and excited? What was going to give him the drive that he was accustomed to having from being super excited about having this amazing home and having this other the second home, which was more for family and relaxation and being away. The other one was more closer to a city and an airport where he could you know, be there. And there was enough distance between the two that there were spots where he had business re relations on the way. And it was like doing a tour. So I think he ended up getting excited about flying private at that point to events. So that when he traveled internationally, he spent some time in um, Europe and in Canada. I, and I'm sure vacationing other places, but... Then it became, well, I'll get motivated by wanting to do a jet. But it was a difficult process for him to find, to shift. Once he had accomplished all these goals, hit the targets he wanted to hit, rewarded himself, had it, the bus had to be made. And, and it was, and I think it took, it was like six or eight months of working out some bugs, which was, I think he was disappointed with. But you got to be careful when you, when you get what you want. What's going to motivate us next? Now, I'm going to give you a solution for that that we do. In, my, in the programs that we work in with most of my clients, we're going to talk about building a much bigger goal, a much larger time frame of our goals and what we want to accomplish in life. It, it's going to be so big that we're not going to have to worry because the bus, and that's something I learned from this mentor through experience was that our next three or four goals or five goals, our five-year and 10-year goals aren't big enough to keep us moving because they cause a dip. And the whole point is, is to automate some of these feelings over the course of our life.
we want to stay in the moment. And one of the best ways we can stay in the moment is by thinking into 25, 40, 45, 50, 60, 80, 90, 100 plus years. Now, every client gets to choose their own. I, the first time I went that big, I went to my coach said, go to 90. He said, let's build a 90 year plan. And I built, I've, I had built three 90 year plans a year after that because I didn't want to do some of the things in the first five to 10 years, but what didn't change is what was going to happen in 90 years. What was going to happen in 50 years, those things that were still solid. I knew what I wanted there. All of that makes all the decisions easier, and we talk about that a lot. The smaller decisions now become a lot easier when you have this huge goal because our unconscious mind now has a, something worthy of working on that's, that's of the size that our supercomputer mind, bigger than supercomputer mind, our, our mind that's connected to the universe, all the sense, senses that we have that's connected to everything, can actually work on and be kept busy it, it helps us because then we can make easier decisions and it helps us shape the standards of what we're interested in. And there are certain things that are just going to not okay, especially when we believe that we're capable of accomplishing those things over that period of time. And I'm going to just ask the question, why wouldn't you be able to? Why wouldn't you be able to? It's the, the, the only reason we can't, we, we, people end up not being able to reach those things is that there's something in their standards that they let slip and it didn't work. And so we build it from that top down all the way into our standards. And then we stick to our standards and worry about the daily behaviors. And then we no longer wonder why we're motivated. So 30 days, all, we can start feeling motivated 60 days. 90 days we're in an automated situation where we just realize that man a lot of problems have changed and we no longer are feeling a lot of the ways that we were feeling and i'm excited about getting a lot of things done and there's a belief system around it <clears throat> one of the number one places i can talk to you about that on is me communicating and dealing with social media and getting into writing things on social media um, putting myself out there on social media it was, it's still such a, a, a strange thing in my mind and I'm, and I'm learning to bridge that gap, but you know, going into certain groups and social media is kind of like going to the grocery store or the hardware store where I get to see a lot of people, um, whatever kind of group it is, I get to be around a lot of people and I probably get to, to ignore or not really pay attention to the same amount of people or have less conversations, but we have the internet. I was telling someone the other day that was helping me with content and, or and it wasn't even content. It was how to respond to some comments that people make. And I was blown away because I, I was blown away because I was having this situation where there were, I asked what our favorite, what people's favorite quotes were. And I love quotes. So I really wanted to hear some cool stuff about different things and um, what would come out of it. And a couple of really neat things came out of it. Things I'd never heard of people I'd never heard of. I'm actually going to go meet somebody next week because of somebody that left a quote up and they're having a benefit for um, an organization and that I want to participate and, and give to. And so they're going to share some sales ideas and some, some, some marketing tips uh, in a two-hour seminar and all the proceeds are a donation going to this cause. And, I, and I'm going to go to that because of this quote thing. 
But my thing was, why I have the internet right here. They just told me the name of a quote. I'll just look up who that is because I don't know. And so, somebody reminded me, if you were standing in front of them, what would you do? I said, oh, I'd ask who it is. And then, well, then do that. And I said, well, but I can look it up. And then I realized, oh, I don't want to look stupid. Well, I didn't know who it was. Why, why would you look stupid? Well, I, okay. Let's go there. <laughs> it, how do we feel motivated? How do we feel motivated when we call ourselves things like that? Or when we, and I'm telling you, when, when we're worried about being stupid, we're acknowledging that we're stupid. Hello. When we're worried about being something, we're acknowledging that we must be that something. So if we're, if we're worried about, all right, I was, I, there's video proof. <clears throat> I'm up here outside of a huge church that I go to and with this a huge church, meaning par, the grounds and the parking lot. There's also sporting fields right there. So there's this massive parking area. The, the gym I go to is also there. And I'm on a skateboard and I'm riding and I'm videoing myself. I got my hand up with the phone and I'm skating. And I'm saying, man, here I am on this beautiful day. It's X degrees and I'm trying to skate. Right as I say I'm trying to skate, I fall off the board. And I didn't fall hard. I just lost my balance and had to step off. So then I got back on. That got captured on video and I ended up posting it and using it because the minute I said try, I was acknowledging that I wasn't able to skate. I, I've been skating a lot. I have no problem getting on a skateboard and skating. Had I, had I not been on the camera and saying I'm trying, I wouldn't have done that. So if we're worried that something's not going to happen or going to happen, we're acknowledging the existence of something that, and we're basically bringing it into fruition. We're bringing it into our life. How motivated can we be when we're throwing obstacles into our own path with our words and how we're talking and how we're thinking about things? How, and then we, then we wonder, why do I feel so defeated? And, or why do I feel like I just can't get it done? Oh, oh, I was worried about, you know, so I took a tangent there, but that is the truth. I want to build relationships with people. I want to build a relationship with you. I want to spread the news. I want to spread the, the, the vision and the mission and the understanding of helping everyone in this world absolutely clearly define, understand, and, and refine and hone the best part of who they are. Not because we're prima donnas and extra special, although we're extra special, every person is, but every person is. So you are uniquely, amazingly made and put together in a way that gives you a very specific viewpoint of the world and your own way of showing up in order to try and achieve things and get things done, just like everybody else. So it's not an entitlement sense of what's absolutely amazing and great about you or me. It's not an entitlement. It's just the truth. It's just there's something special about all of us. So when we stop looking for what it is inside of ourselves, we find out and know it 
And what the trick is, we also start finding it in others. We start looking for it in others. The way we learn to look for things in others is by acknowledging it in ourselves and practicing self-love. Motivation just comes naturally when we demonstrate the right things in our life. And when we focus on things that excite us and we keep ourselves envisioning and practicing, aiming the best of ourselves at the goals that we're trying to achieve. Absolutely aiming the best ourselves at the goals that we achieve. <clears throat> the, the, the way that we go about that in designing your strengths is fine on its own, but then if we add, which in the upsell we add the Clifton strengths, all 34 report, and if somebody already has that, we add the sales report or the student report or the leadership report so that you have a different view based on what your life circumstances are and what you're trying to achieve. And then, boom, there you have it. So we're starting groups for future college, college students or college students, grad students. We're starting groups for people in the medical industry that are doing very specific things there. We're starting groups that are for people coming out of some type of trauma therapy and they're wondering what to do next. We're starting groups with nonprofits with underserved communities. The point is, and we can blend them together too. We use these skills, these tools in executive boardrooms and in high performing networks. And, and they've been in Gallup strengths the Clifton strengths that Gallup owns has been, it's the most highly scientifically studied strengths model in the world. And it's not a personality test or assessment. It's a specific assessment helping you learn how you show up, giving you data, comparative studied data of how you show up in trying to achieve something. So all of that together becomes something incredibly epic. So we've made this extremely accessible for the individual. This isn't a whole lot different than what we do when we walk into a, uh, when, as a Gallup certified strength coach that I do walking into a corporation. I add some of my other coaching modalities because I'm ICF certified as a professional certified coach. I'm um, master practitioner NLP and other whatever accolades. I don't typically talk about those type of accolades, but we, we all of us show up with whatever training we've had in order to try and do this, but we're having a really good time and we're excited and we're getting the word out and I don't even, I, I, I get to pinch myself and wonder how in the world this is happening and that I get to be present for this every day. It's, um, <clears throat> so if you're here and you want to get motivated and you're concerned about motivation, the thing to do is to start changing behaviors and get into a network and a system in a way of finding out and remembering what you're passionate about. You don't even need to get into a network. You could do that on your own. Just start writing a list out of everything that excites you, everything that really makes you happy. If you're having a hard time doing that, I'll do another podcast at some point about this, just about the, the, the cause and effect thing between making a list of everything you want and if that's difficult, Make a list of everything you've done that's really cool or epic since as long as you can remember. And sometimes that frees us up because at some point we start looking at all the failures that we've had instead of looking at all the wins that we've had. And we're typically doing that because, and we're 
burdening ourselves with that sense of failure and that fear of not wanting to do that again because we haven't gleaned the lessons and we're concerned we're going to repeat. So that's another motivating thing. When we begin to gain confidence in ourselves that we can and will and do gather the lessons from our experiences so that we don't repeat things and gathering the lessons from our experiences so we do repeat the things we want to repeat, we also get motivated because there's less concern for anything about results and there's more joy and satisfaction in just showing up and doing our part on a daily basis. That's when we look back and go, wow, I've been motivated for a while. I've been feeling good for a while. So lots of other pieces to this, but this is I just wanted to start here on motivation. Join us next week. We're going to start into a whole different story about just because you don't believe something doesn't make it not true. So thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.